Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series. You know what to do. Like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And that's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with uh, one of my favorite actors of all time, Chris Parnell. Uh, we're going to be discussing Senior Year. It's a new Netflix movie that also stars Rebel Wilson as a high school cheerleader who wakes up from a 20-year coma to go back to school with her basically still intact 2002 mindset. Uh, Chris and I are going to talk about getting to play a more dramatic lines in this film. How it relates to, uh, well, something like his infamous portrayal of uh, Dr. Spichemin on 30 Rock uh, and developing his style over the years, as well as uh, working alongside some of the greatest comedians of all time. Uh, we're also going to talk about his Memphis upbringing. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to bring up the, uh, the Natalie Portman SNL digital short, still a favorite of mine. Uh, being a fan of uh, bands like uh, R.E.M. and Snail Mail, Phoebe Bridgers and Warpaint. Uh, and what we can expect from the 13th season of Archer and his cameo in Disney's Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So without further ado, let's do this. Talking about senior year, it's Kyle Meredith with Chris Parnell. Hey, Kyle. How are you? Uh, I'm such a fan of what you do. Uh, of course, I've oh, been watching you from the uh, the SNL years and 30 Rock and, and everything in between with your voice acting. Uh, I didn't know what to expect with this movie right here. I mean, um, you know, I think I had in my head uh, a little bit uh, back to school, Rodney Dangerfield, a little bit Mean Girls. But it's and, and, and by the way, it, I think it does tick all of those boxes. But uh, this is a really funny movie with some hearts in it. I mean, Rebels hilarious and you're funny, but. But uh, tell me about your character, because it's not that you're coming at this from the full-blown comedian stance. You get to play a dad and, and I guess, bring out your dramatic side. Uh, is that a, the right assessment? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a really great part to play because, yeah, I don't get um, called upon to do, you know, stuff that's more dramatic uh, very often. And 
so it was it was really fun to do that. I play Rebel's character's dad, um, both when she's young and she's played by Anne Gallery Rice, and then when she comes out of her coma and is and is Rebel. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I've got a couple of boys of my own, and uh, I can definitely relate to being a dad. So it wasn't it wasn't that big of a stretch. You find that. Um... I guess this is one of those questions about like, do you, do you find that you ever bring characters home or bring yourself uh, into the character? Because again, as you said, you're a dad, but th there is still a bit of a, a what's the word? Ludicrous, lud ludicriosity <laughs> that goes along with your character here too. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but he's, this is a guy that, yeah, I'm definitely bringing a lot of myself to him. Um, I'm, I'm pretty different uh, for the most part, but you know, there's also a lot of me in there, um, especially when it comes to like showing affection towards and gallery or rebel as, as my daughters, um, you know, that, that, that came pretty easily. And, and then, you know, just caring about them and just, you know, and they're, and they're such good actors, both of them, you know, that it was, it was a great give and take. You didn't do anything after she jumps out of the car though. I, I understand this is a comedy, but uh, I looked at my wife and I was like, she's at the door. They haven't even stopped to check on her. Yet. Well, you don't know that. We just we just cut from there. So, yes, I like to think that I made sure she was OK. And then she insisted that she go to the front door. Of All right. House. Fair. Yeah. I'll, I'll play. I'll play a ball on that one right there. Yeah. Uh, there, there is. It, it is really nice to see what you're doing here. Like um, uh, the speech at the end. I mean, it is. I was trying to pinpoint what I loved about your your acting and, and especially getting to see moments like this and 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 still trying to verbalize it in the right way. But to me, it seems like that you come at comedy from a drama point of view. I mean, uh, you do tend to play it very straight, uh, sometimes dry. I mean, even Spichemin, when he's delivering, you know, these outrageous lines, it was still just, you know, uh, along like that. Is there a big jump for when you're playing a line? like you might have on 30 Rock with script like on 30 Rock to something like you're doing at the end of, of senior year? Well, yeah, because I mean, Spichemin is, is a much more sort of oblivious character, whereas um, the dad I play in this is, you know, he's sincere and really cares about people and his daughters especially. Um, so, you know, just the, the differences in the characters affect um, how you connect with it. Um, Spichemin is a nutball, you know, I mean, he's crazy, so. I don't know that we ever see Spichemin show too much real human emotion. Uh, I, I mean, unless it's just something where he's going crazy, but you know, but yeah, with this character, it's nice. Cause I, you know, I just get to try anyway to be, to be real and, and, and really connect. How did, how did the role come about? I mean, did they, is this something you auditioned for? Did they come to you? Very, uh, luckily, they came to me. Um, Alex Hardcastle, who is the director of the movie, um, it's his first feature. He's done a ton of television, and that's how I know him. From He directed uh, quite a few episodes of the show Suburgatory that I was on several years ago. And he thought of me for the part. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, they, Netflix made the offer. And uh, I think, you know, if it, I, I owe it all to Alex, really, because if, if, if not for him seeing me in the part, um, I, you know, if I had auditioned, again, I don't know that I would have gotten it, you know, but um, I'm happy. I'm happy he had that faith in me. Do you find that because of your defined voice, and I don't mean your literal voice, but, but, you know, your comedic voice, um, do you find that writers write to you often? Um, well, they have in the past, um, you know, certainly Dr. Spichemin was written, um, 
I guess for me, really, kind of. I mean, I, I think Tina and Robert wrote Spichemin with me in mind, knowing knowing what my comedic voice is from from years of work together on SNL. Um, you know, I think some there every every now and then there's a part that comes along that I, I think somebody has written with me in mind, but it's usually a matter of I, I think it's more about saying. Oh, oh, I could see Parnell in that part kind of a thing, you know, um, and then, I, you know, I, I, I do tons of auditions and, um, you know, you just you just hope that something comes out of those. Obviously, the difference, as we're talking about the difference is the character as you're playing in senior year versus Spichemin, but even like 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 word girl, I've got a son, you know, grew up on some PBS. I mean, word girl was a part of our life as well. But um, but it's still I find that you're as a fan as a as a viewer I should say that you're able to use that art so specifically did you ever figure like is there a straight line when you developed it can you can you pinpoint where you started to develop your sense of comedy I, I don't know I mean I, I I guess my sense of comedy I mean some of it's you know it's just innate because I, I used to be like a, a, a silly kid a class clown and got into trouble all the time um and then, you know, I'd watch Saturday Night Live with my dad in the, in the very first years of the show. We'd, we'd get to watch that at night sometimes on the weekends. And then I did a play in high school called Greater Tuna um, that was very comedic. And it was me and my friend Dan McClary. We each played about 10 different characters. And that was the first time in a long time, really, that I had, or maybe the first time where I'd been given a script that said, hey, these you know, go, go crazy with these parts, you know, now our, our director and our still good friend, Frank Bluestein, um, you know, he had faith in us and, and it was, it was a big task, but, you know, you had to figure out how to different, differentiate these different people. And then when I got to uh, LA and some people said, you should take classes, at the groundlings. Um, so I did. And that was, that was hugely influential too. I mean, drama school, I went to North Carolina school of the arts and that um, I, I, I always felt good about coming from sort of that side, from a dramatic side, you know, um, being about acting as well as you can. Um, and, and thankfully, Mr. Bluestein, I still call him Mr. Bluestein, uh, my high school drama teacher, and he, he knew what good acting was. He knows what it is. And so he was able to instill this idea of what it should be if you can get there, you know, uh, as opposed to just emoting at the top of your lungs or, or like, doing huge emotions every chance you get um you know it's just about connecting it's like you know when you see good acting it's 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 that's what it's about um yeah and the groundlings was 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 very influential um i got to do some comedic parts at school of the arts that that were great we did a uh, restoration comedy called sir fopling flutter or man of mode and i got cast as the lead and that was that was a, a moment to shine for me as a very silly character um but it, it went well i connected with it and and then, uh, then the Groundlings was great for me, and that, that led to, you know, guest star parts and sitcoms, and ultimately Saturday Night Live. Um, so I don't know if that's an answer to your question at all, but that's a little bit of my <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, it, it sort of is. I mean, some people do, you know. They, they, I mean, again, multitudes, you know, as as as, we, as the phrase goes, that we contain. You know, you you do different parts in different styles, but but I do find a lot of artists, uh, you know, uh, comedians, actors, musicians, you know, you, you start to figure out what's your voice and and how to to craft that and mold that i was listening to an interview yesterday with an americana guy rodney crowell and he was saying like it you know you use the word innate like he said 
I don't think you can learn to be a good songwriter. Like the greatest songwriters are born with it. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. But I, I, you know, I'm not a songwriter, so I don't know. But, you know, I think you, as you get older, as you do it more and more, you hopefully get better at it. Um, but I used to play Rodney Crowell at, uh, I worked at a, at a country radio station as a DJ a couple of summers when I was back home from college. And we played him and a lot of great, classic country music you know which um i'd never really listened to before that but it was it was a great it was a great couple of summers doing that um but yeah you know it's I, for me the challenge is not getting complacent not just sitting in this this comfortable place of of doing chris parnell you know whatever that means to you but being able to hopefully you know reach beyond the comfort zone and and, and do things that don't necessarily come as naturally. I'm no Daniel Day-Lewis, um, but you know, you, you want as an actor to be able to do different kinds of things, hopefully. And uh, you're, always, you're always striving for that, or I am anyway, I, the, the ability to transform into something. Now, having said that, what I bring to a part has, has sort of you know, narrowed, um, or at least what, what the perception is, I think has gotten settled so that you, know, you have a sort of, there, I say brand, you have a style of comedy that you do. And, and the, the reality is that'll probably be mostly what I kind of play going forward. Um, and that's fine. And I'm happy to do that. But you know, you, you, you want to always try to be specific, you know, what, what is what, what makes this or that person that way. And a lot of it is in the writing, honestly, you know, I mean, you could make that decision tomorrow to become a Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> I could not. I do not. I do not have that level of skill or dedication. I think. So. I'll kind of jump back and forth to this this uh, new movie with again senior year Netflix. Just an amazing cast. I could watch you and uh, and Sam Richardson go on and on. Uh, for folks who is about to see it, there's a there's a scene um, where it's the grown up version of uh, of Seth and, and Sam, and you were sitting there on the couch, still grilling him as if he was a child. Uh, and it's one of your uh, funnier moments in this movie right here when you, when you do get to bring the comedy out. I mean, it's something like that. And and I don't mean this to come across as the lame question of hey, did you guys have fun on the set? But but I do wonder, like, when you've got a cast like this, you know, full of comedians, like, what is the set like? I mean. Because in my mind, you know, it's it's the circus, and I don't know if that's the case or whatever. But what was it for this experience? It, you know, it was fantastic because I, I am lucky in so many ways to get to work in comedy, and I tend to find that um, the majority of people in that world are nice people. I, I know they're they're not all necessarily, um, but like the actors that have careers doing comedic parts, most of the ones I've encountered that I've worked with are are good people. They're nice people. They're easy to get along with. They don't have too crazy of an ego or whatever. And so, you know, when you got Sam, you got Mary Holland, obviously Rebel, um, who is just real and cool and normal and extremely funny. Um, it's great. It's the ideal working environment. You know, it was like that on Anchorman and then Walk Hard and so many other things. But uh but yeah, that scene with Sam was was really fun to do. And then He's great. Mary Holland is amazing in this film. Uh, Rebel is obviously. Um, and then, then you also have all these young actors that um, bring this this very youthful energy to it. Um, I just went to the premiere the other night and there was another cast and crew screening a while before that. And it's just uh, it's kind of a love fest, you know, I mean, people like each other and it's it's great. Zoe Chow, 
um, is delightful. And uh, Justin Hartley, who I never, uh, I, well, a lot of these people I'd never worked with before, but he's, he's such a cool, good guy and, and brought a lot of comedy that I think some of us didn't know he had in him, you know? Um, and then Rebel was just, I, sometimes Rebel would be doing a scene the one in particular that comes to mind is when she was uh, didn't want me to take her phone away and she's kind of going crazy in the living room. And I I thought inside, I didn't say anything, of course, but I thought this might be a, this might be a bit much. You know, she might be taking it a little too far. But son of a gun, when I when I saw the screening for the first time, I was like, nope, that is that is brilliant. That is freaking hilarious. And uh, she knew exactly what she was doing. You know, she's she's quite brilliant. Yeah, as as a dad, I'm sure I've I've lived those moments with my son. You know, just the, <laughs> just the total over dramatic freakouts. You know that uh, that tends to happen uh, at, at those times. Oh yeah. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No. Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out: it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It, it, but it is, it, you know, it, it does come across as uh, an original idea, which you don't always get in a script. And again, I reference some points that it reminds me of, but the way the script specifically, you know, finds her in a position to go back to school after after 20 years in a coma. It's, it is, it, 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 I think when I realized that, because I don't know that I'd read you know, the write-up or before it, it just kind of went into it a little bit blind and going, oh, this is cool. This is interesting. And it brings up those, you know, the moments like, um, like for you, uh, would you go back to school? Did you, did you have the good experience if you could? I, I did. I did. I would only want to go back in the sense to just look at it, you know, from afar and sort of be able to appreciate how young I was and, and everybody was in my life. Uh, but I, I feel very lucky. I had a really good high school experience for the most part. Um, once I found the drama department and the, the theater there and then the TV studio, which was, it was all run by Mr. Bluestein, Frank Bluestein, the same person. Um, you know, those were, those are my people. And, uh, and that was, you know, that's I've kind of stayed in, in that group and different versions of it since then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I did the plays, I did the musicals. I was an anchor for the news show. I, uh, I directed some of the live sport coverage that we did at the TV studio and uh, I did the morning announcements. I, you know, I, I, the one thing I wish I had had more was more confidence with, with, with girls. Uh, I mean, I had, I had a, a few girlfriends who were, who were wonderful, but, uh, but yeah, I uh, wasn't super confident when it, when it came to the ladies and uh, I'm only more confident now because I'm happily married. <laughs> so that's one thing I'd change. It's, it's really interesting. You and I had very, very similar, very similar. I mean, in, in the broad strokes, you know, is what I'm uh, obviously saying here, but because I did, I, I had great teachers who, you know, saw that I liked drama, saw that uh, I wanted to be involved in media, you know, and we had the TV show and I didn't have the confidence with girls. And when I look back and I thought, I think they liked me. That's, mm, I that <laughs> right. up, but so, you I know, know, that's, I know, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I know you shot this in Atlanta, you know, right down the road from Memphis. I'm just in Louisville 
Kentucky. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, there's that, like for you, obviously the accent's gone. How Southern are you? How, how Southern do you still identify? Are there still traits that use like, oh yeah, that's a Southern thing for me still? Um, I think so. I think in some ways, I mean, you know, yes, ma'am. And yes, sir. Still come out sometimes. Um, and then I, you know, I think it, uh, I think it, it affects me in a deep way. My sensibility. Um, I also grew up very Baptist, you know, Southern Baptist, um, which I'm not anymore at all, but in, in good ways and bad ways, you know, like that still, I'm still kind of hard on myself in a way that it used to be God being hard on me, but, um, you know, it's, that's kind of become me being hard on myself. And, you know, that's something that's like, you know, you, you got, you got to, you got to take it easy. You got to be kind to yourself. But yeah, when I working in Atlanta, I love so much because, you know, it feels like Memphis, you know, it's, it's just a rich Southern air, the, all the greenery and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, it definitely feels warm and cozy to be down there, especially in, in the warmer months, you know, see, it doesn't sound like you have like, if I call my dad, who still lives deep in the country, within five minutes, I'll that my accent will start creeping back out. But here you oh, are, yeah. like, does that because you're in Atlanta? I mean, that could happen, but it's, it's obviously not in the movie. Do you still does that happen for you? It does. It does. You know, especially if I've if I've had a drink or two, um, it definitely comes out. Uh, but you know, working on the movie, I'm mostly even though it's a lot of the crew are from are from Atlanta. Most of the cast is you know is not Southern or. or almost none of them are. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's what you hear. It's what you hear. But if I'm, if I'm out and about in Memphis, um, most of the people I'm around are Southern, you know, and, and, and speak that way to some degree or another. But I think what helped, I mean, I had to work on it a lot at college um, to get rid of my Southern dialect. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really have any idea how Southern I spoke until I got to school and we recorded ourselves doing a, a piece like we did our freshman year. And then going back and we'd listen over the years and like, you know, so by my senior year, listening to the piece I did my freshman year, um, it was just like, oh my God, I, it was such a strong dialect. And then I was, the character I was playing was, he's kind of a Southern guy, not really, but I affected a Southern dialect on top of my Southern dialect. And it just was like, oh my God, what was I doing? And so, it, but it definitely felt like, oh yeah, I've got I've come a long way. Not that there's anything wrong, of course, with having a Southern dialect, but, you know, if you want to be an actor or an announcer or, you know, an on-camera personality or whatever you are, it's, it, it helps a lot to have the flexibility to, you know, not only speak in that, in that way, obviously. Right. Now there's a, at least a musical quality to it. That's uh that's interesting to hear when you get a really good Southern accent, you know? So. Oh yeah. <laughs> which I, I should bring up you know you memphis great music town it's uh, about the reasons i get down there you know it's it's not a long drive from here uh, a few of the festivals down there and everything and i was, was thinking about uh, the other side of this movie because there's i mean when you're playing into nostalgia okay we're going to take a 20-year trip back you know 2002 music has to be a big part of it i think a lot of people have talked about recreating a britney spears video you even get a bit of a dance scene at the end of it <laughs> uh, that's uh <laughs> some fun but in 2002 like I guess what I'm getting to here is, you know, for this to be a trip back for nostalgia, especially for people who connect with coming of age around 2002. I mean, you at that point, you were a full blown adult, you know, <laughs> working uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, I, I, do you think about that as much when you're going into this project like the, of the era and, and what it means to certain people? Um, not really. I mean, not really. It's I mean, that's sort of covered by what's in the script and then also you know all the amazing costume design and scenic design production design and 
um, the hair and makeup that covers, you know, most of that and the music, which, which we don't know when we're doing it for the most part, but yeah. So, you know, you're basically just, you know, you're, 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 you take what you're given in the script and try to bring that to life. It wasn't, um, I, there, there was no sort of usefulness for me for trying to connect to some sense of nostalgia about all that, you know, but it was fun, you know, I mean, it was fun to sort of live in that, in that, that time. The period, like I, I was also thinking Anchorman, like, which was again, costume wise, very seventies, but I guess at the same time, and I hadn't thought about this. I mean, your character wasn't so much like had to be, a certain 70s to it or something no no you know it was the, maybe the facial hair but you know yeah it was mostly it was mostly the wardrobe uh, as far as musical moments go i did just want to quickly hit on i don't even know if i have a good question about this but i went and i was re-watching um uh the natalie portman uh rap uh skit scene thing <laughs> From, sketch yeah sketch there we go thank you uh, oh that's but that's a video but that was, that's even more than a sketch that's a, that's a that's a video that's a yeah yeah, yeah. i don't it's know short yeah. Any, any good memories from that one? Because uh, that one still holds up to this day. I mean, what a great thing uh, that that little piece of art is. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was cool. I, you know, I've, I've always been a big fan of hers. Um, and so it was it was cool to get to work with her. And it was, I just remember being in the office with with Andy and Akiva and Yorma and Natalie. And, and when we recorded it, because we record all the vocals, you know, everything before we shoot it, including our parts in the interview, we recorded and then lip synced to it. Um, so that was fun. I was just like, cool, I'm in a, I'm in this office with Natalie Portman. <laughs> um, you know, you had those moments sometimes on SNL, you know, even though normally it was just out on, on the stage on 8H, um, it was rare that you'd be actually in an office with, with the host, you know, but um, it happened that time. And yeah, it was fun. You know, it was it was fun. It's it's another one. I'm one of another one of their digital shorts. I'm feel proud to be a part of. Immortalized inside was um. Uh, I'll quickly hit on the music. Uh, you know, I know you did the country station stint, which wasn't exactly your lane. But uh, what what were you? I mean, was hip hop your thing? Like, what what was your musical identification? No, you know, it's um. You know, I see REM back there. That REM was big for me. I in high school, it was U two REM. Um, you know, kind of the popular altish rock of the time, I guess. Um, and I'm actually going, it's not Athens, but I'm going to Augusta in a couple of weeks for a friend's wedding. Um, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still a big REM fan. Uh, yeah. So, and when I, when I'm in the car, if I'm not listening to NPR uh, or the local public radio station, I'll put on new wave that the satellite radio station, I'll listen to that, you know, but you know, I like, I like a lot of current music too. Um, I like uh, snail mail quite a lot, and you know some Phoebe Bridgers, and uh, I'm not I'm not super up on the latest music, but uh, but yeah, I I, st I try to stay open to it. War Paint's got a new album coming out. I'm very excited about. Yeah. We're in the exact same lane, then. That's that's fun. Yeah. So the, the you know snail mail and and Phoebe to a sense. Like, I, I feel like I like them because they sort of sound a little bit like, you know, like the classic alternative or, 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 or something. I, I just had Stipe and Mills uh, on the show here just a few months oh, ago. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, if they're not my favorite band, they're one of the top of all time. So absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll sort of wind this down and everything, you know, as, as we come out of talking a little bit about SNL. Do you, I mean, you know, as the most of the roles that you're doing are, of course, again, like in senior year or or voice acting, uh, do you find that you still, do you write at all? 
I mean, because I know that was that's such a big part of for a lot of people at Saturday Night Live. Do you carry that with you? Do you find that you're still kind of exercising that muscle? I, you know, I, I sadly do not. I uh, since I cease to have to be required to do it, um, I have not pushed myself to do it. I mean, I write down ideas and things sometimes, and I I do aspire to, you know, create something um, at some point. Uh, but uh, but no, I can't I can't really claim to have been writing all this time that that part's not there well i know you stay busy and of course you know everybody loves hearing about rick and morty i, I love watching archer i mean what 13th season is that right yeah that's right yeah that's incredible i i know i, I don't want to end on the sad note and i won't but uh, i know you know we lost jessica walters uh you know, re, you know recently has that affected the season hard this time around yeah i mean you know they this for the upcoming season that you know they had to rewrite it you know i mean or they hadn't written it yet i don't think but whatever any ideas they had had sort of in the works had had to be adjusted but, but i mean you know i think we the producers especially had a sense you know that that jessica might not be around so much longer sadly um but yeah i think um the, the season 13 will be i can't say too much about it but it's you know obviously we won't have her we'll refer to her um, and there may even be clips of her. I can't remember, you know, using her voice for scenes. But then if we get to have, hopefully, not what a season 14, there's, they've got some good, good ideas planned for who's running the agency and all that kind of thing. Just incredible what that show has been possible of doing uh, script wise, story wise. I know, I know. I, again, I just feel so lucky to yeah. have been on it all these years. And I know you got a very small part in, uh, in Chip and Dale. That looks like a uh, I'll say, I, look, I don't know if I ever said, that looks like a hoot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm sure it will be, you know, um, with with Mulaney and Andy. Uh, I, those are very funny guys. And then Akiva's directing, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know even that much about the whole movie. I just shot my little scene, you know, and that was kind of it. But uh, I'm excited to see it. Well, in the meantime, of course, uh, everybody watching, listening, uh, Senior Year is on Netflix. It is a very funny movie. Uh, congratulations, man. I'm saying congratulations on everything because uh, honestly, you have provided me with so many laughs over the last 25 years that I've whatever seen your face and heard your voice. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time today to, uh, to talk about it. I so appreciate it. Absolutely, Kyle. It was a pleasure. And thanks for, thanks for all the kind words. My thanks to Chris Parnell. The, uh, the new movie on Netflix, it's called Senior Year and it's out now. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, before you get out of here, I do hope you hit that subscribe button. Uh, three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with, and then after that, head over to WFPK.org. Right to a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, mostly on Twitter, also on Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.